0: From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. Indeed, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And right now, we're glad to welcome in by phone our good friend, Father Bong Rojas. Uh, Father, good to have you with us.
1: Hello, Bob. How are you? It's Doing good very, very good. to hear oh. your voice, as always. always.
0: <laughs> Thank you. It's always good to hear your voice as well. Uh, you are, well, t- first off, tell us tell us a little, bit about, a little bit about yourself for the listeners who might not have had the pleasure of meeting you.
1: Yes. Uh, I'm currently the pastor here at, State, uh, at the Holy Spirit in, uh, uh, in Sacramento. I'm yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, Sorry about that one. No problem. Uh, so I'm currently the pastor here at Holy Spirit in Sacramento.
0: Beautiful par- parish.
1: Uh, beautiful parish. Uh, it's a wonderful community uh, and uh, uh, it's it's uh, accessible to to many things. But the the beauty here is that it's, a, it's, it's a residential area, so uh, it's not a community area, so I'm able to accompany uh, a lot of the families. Uh, on, on their faith journey and we also have a wonderful school uh, uh, i would normally advertise our school but right now we are really full <laughs> well
0: that's the, that's
1: it, it's the it's good a news wonderful problem to have yeah
0: it's a good news bad news isn't it yeah the yeah, it's wonderful it's to have the school to, full but well, yeah
1: if I, we could do double grades that would be great but we you know uh, we don't want to sacrifice the the uh, quality of the education of of our uh, children. And, uh, yeah, so it's it's thriving. It's thriving.
0: Yeah, so how uh, is this a first for it to be open, rec- that uh, full recently, or is that a, a regular occurrence?
1: It's been, ever since I've been here, we have been full. Ever since I came here, and this is, I am now entering into my uh, third year in the parish. I used to be, uh, uh, I taught at the seminary, uh, for 14 years total, but uh, I was out of the parish for five, uh, for six years um, and, and So this is my first parish back from, from Teaching at uh, St. Pat's in Menlo Park, so um, uh, Ever since I came here The enrollment has been up uh, and it's still going up um, And it's just <laughs> wonderful It really is wonderful to see uh, not just the children, but also the parents being excited to send their kids to
0: to Catholic school. What is the role of the parish priest in uh, you know the parish pastor in in the the parish school? I mean, obviously, we have our public schools departments, and we have uh, you know uh, uh, superintendents and principals, etc. What's the role of of the pastor? The,
1: the pastor has um, the very privileged role of leading the general direction of the school Mm -hmm. um of course we have the principal thank god who who does all the the hands-on day-to-day uh leadership in the school Uh, but when it comes to uh, where the school is going in Mm -hmm. terms of its identity in terms of its curriculum in terms of um the value formation so we're we're i treat the parish uh, really as a ministry of the parish and uh, the school as a ministry of the parish mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in our mission statement in our school uh, we, we do emphasize that this school is a ministry of the parish and therefore uh, I, I, and so as such you know we we, we make sure that the character of the school is true to uh, to the parochial character um, and so we that's where uh, you know, I have to really make sure I, I know where the curriculum is, uh, the quality of of, of uh, formation that we have. And that it's not, so I keep using the word formation, so it's not just about passing on information about STEM or about uh, theology or about anything. It's really looking at every aspect of our operation that it makes that child truly formed in the
0: image of Christ. Uh huh. Uh
1: huh. Yeah. So that's that's where that's where the role pretty much of the pastor.
0: And and you obviously have a number of of parishioners who have kids who also aren't in public schools, uh, are in in Catholic school. Correct. And so, you, and so, you, so you, ahead, sorry. you You know you're responsible for for all of them, huh? Oh yes.
1: Yeah. So the, the only, the only uh, thing that we don't have with those who go to public school is, you know, making sure that the curriculum is supported by that. So what we do is we make sure that it's complemented with uh, not just with our CFF, which is the obvious one, right? Uh, but also when it comes to the liturgical life, that they are active. Uh, when it comes to youth ministry, that they are supported there and that they have a platform to express their faith in youth ministry. Um, and also when it comes to the community life, the general community life, that they have time to share with the, the rest of the parishioners and the rest of other children who, who go to different schools, mm-hmm. including our, our parochial schools, that they're able to build that community life um, uh, with each other. Yeah. And and also share, uh, um, kind of a, a, have an outlet where they can also reach out to those who are in need. So their pastoral life is also uh, reinforced. Because here in their school, they are involved in reaching out to the Bishop Cayago's Maternity House, uh-huh. to the Life Center, with St. DePaul, uh, Knights of Columbus. So they're able to do uh, an outreach uh, to those who are in need. For those who don't go to who go to public schools, for example, that's not built in in the school system. Correct. That's Correct. not always some some do, but that's not always built in. So we make sure that whenever we have something like that in the parish, that we reach out to everyone, particularly those who uh, go to public schools. Yeah, uh,
0: Holy Spirit is really well known for for its you know public service outreach.
1: Yeah. No, and, and we do. Um, we actually, asked, you know, ever since I came here, I asked, uh, uh, I asked uh, Glenn, uh, the ones that care for this school and actually talk to the students uh, and present what the opportunities are, what we do, what we do, because uh, uh, because sometimes those who go to school, sometimes we always only focused on. than just memorizing, you know, homework. So we try to reach out in the
0: whole spectrum of Yeah, I'm I'm really glad that uh, when I was in school, the emphasis wasn't on STEM because I don't think I'd have made it past fourth grade.
1: (laughs) Actually, we do have a wonderful STEM program, but this year we're uh, pushing also for humanities. Very good. uh, Exactly. Um, Literature, uh, creative writing, um, reading comprehension, we're focusing a lot on there now. Um, And, of course, in theology, uh, the arts, uh, we have uh, a very good uh, music and theater program. Oh, wonderful. Um, Yeah, we actually staged last year the very first ever musical in the history of the school. We staged uh, Annie, Jr.
0: Oh, did you really? Uh, Wow.
1: Yeah, we did. We did. And uh, uh, we have a a wonderful, uh, he's a professional tenor, but he's also a music teacher, Mr. Salvatore Azpi. Oh, Uh, yes. uh, I
0: think he performed at the Christmas concert for the Choral Society.
1: He did. Yes. And uh, he also, also, he's a commissioner here, and he's a teacher here. And, uh, and so we've been very fortunate to have him on board and really push for that aspect of the formation of the children. Oh,
0: that's wonderful. That's, yeah. What, uh, a, what a voice he has. Oh, my goodness. Oh,
1: incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I had the, the fortune or the, uh, the privilege to, to sing with him uh-huh. in, because we always have lessons and carols here in the parish.
0: Oh, okay. And yeah. he
1: always this is Last year, because he had a conflict of schedule, but oh, his voice is incredible. But um, he's been pushing our kids to to really uh, um, uh, participate in that. And right now, um, the kids are really excited. The, the signups for for that, and we do it across the grade not just a particular grade. Right. And so what we see is these different grade levels mingling with each other and getting to know each other. Oh, that's wonderful. You see a fourth grader becoming besties with an eighth grader. (laughs) That's great. Which normally they would not always mix. Sure, sure. Unless they're forced, you know, why should I say forced? Unless they're assigned as buddies, you know, the buddy system. Uh, unless they're their bodies, they would not normally mix. but uh, with the theater with the choir program that we have you know, they are really getting to know each other and they're mixing they're, they're yeah that was that was the biggest uh, feedback that the kids and the parents had last year uh, uh, observing the dynamics yeah. uh, in the theater program.
0: Well that's great and i I'm really glad you're pushing uh, reading comprehension too because I'll tell you that just opens up the world you know you, you you read the Bible, you read the catechism, you read the great works you you know you read the uh, major newspapers you know and and really grasp what people are saying that's 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 good stuff yeah
1: well, you know beauty is is different and and being able and appreciate and understand, or I should say not understand, but feel beauty mm-hmm. uh, and appreciate beauty becomes our access point to the transcendental, to God, sure. to transcend whatever physical form that we have. And so to, to be able to access that and, and understand what beauty is, what love is, all, all these abstract concepts uh, really is so crucial in our faith formation, mm-hmm. in our growth in understanding with God. Because, you know, sometimes we put everything in what is tangible, uh, when in fact there's a lot of things in our world that is not that tangible, and that becomes our stepping stone in really having that relationship with God uh, that transcends
0: everything else. Yeah, amen. So, yeah. Fa- Father, you are... Um, Going to be one of the uh, speakers at Ministry Days uh, uh, next in, in September at the twenty second, twenty two and twenty three at Saint yeah. Francis. And uh, you, your topic, according to the guide I'm looking at, is passing on the faith: the catechist privilege. Uh, I like the word privilege. Yes, <laughs>
1: because you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm always aware about this. The first catechists that what we have are our parents. Yep. Right? And then I always emphasize for whenever I'm doing baptismal prep or I'm baptizing a child, that my parents also have that privilege. And actually not just privilege, but responsibility. For us, catechists, and for us, preachers for us who, who help in the formation of the other child or another person, it is a privilege because we are allowed to enter their lives, and we are allowed to assist the parents and the godparents in forming this uh, other forming mm-hmm. other people, and mostly, many, many of them are, are children and young uh, and youth. And so, for me, it is a privilege uh, because um, it is, in fact. Um, uh, entering into a relationship that we otherwise would not have.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: <laughs> you know, uh, you have to be able to say, hey, you know, you should do this, you should, uh, you should cultivate this relationship. And if You know, in other contexts, uh, if your child is being told by a stranger that most words, you'll probably say, why are you saying that to my child?
0: Right, right.
1: <laughs> you know what? So... So it is a privilege, Uh, but for me, also the 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 reason why it is a privilege is because, um, and just like very much what I said earlier about the school. You know, being a catechist is not just passing on information. A lot of times, we we bring down faith only to information, although that is a part of that. Uh, passing on the faith is really more about passing on a relationship you know passing on a relationship that we have with God and this is our faith this is our relationship our trusting relationship with God and then you know we we try to pass that on to, uh, to others
0: yeah and I, I know as a as a parent um, you know the, the as you say the the, the first catechists the first uh, teachers of our of our of our children. Uh, I find it uh, as you do uh, a privilege and a responsibility. Yeah. And I find that the probably the a number one way to do it uh, is by example. You know. Yes. Uh, or as uh, St. Exactly. Francis says, use words when necessary. <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You see, whenever, uh, and, and I found it, I don't know if you, you've, you've, uh, you've uh, had this experience. You know, the more you teach about something, the more you learn about that material. Right. And so the more I speak about my relationship with God with the intention of helping others be formed and, and, and cultivate in their relationship also, the more I realize, okay, this is where I am failing a little bit. This is where I'm finding great satisfaction. So the more I learn about my relationship, about my faith. And so it, by doing that, they see the excitement I have in talking about my relationship with God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it is pretty exciting. So uh, so the more we, we, we help others, the more we share our faith, the more we learn about our faith, the deeper we have. And, and, you know, as St. Thomas Aquinas always say, you can't give what you don't have. Yep. Right? Yep. So, uh, the more we talk about, uh, the, the stronger we are in our faith and the more we can share. Uh, and the more we share, the stronger we get. <laughs> so, yeah. it's, it's yep. this never ending loop of, of richness and depth and, and, and fullness of relationships. So, uh, it's, it's uh, this one beautiful consequence of being a catechist, um, our uh, our privilege is is really highlighted.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, your topic uh, in it Ministry Days is, and and people can learn all about all the workshops and uh, the keynote speakers, etc. Go to Ministry Days. Dot com and that uh, has a, a link there where you can also sign up to to come to Ministry Days uh, again September twenty second and twenty third uh, Friday Saturday primarily uh, the the Friday is for teachers and et cetera, and and the everybody else is the is the twenty third Saturday most people don't go both days um, but it, it is a wonderful wonderful uh, opportunity to hear some great workshops you you are you're, this is, it says what you're going to discuss is some practical ways to pass on the faith and encourage others to become witnesses of Christ. It sounds Correct. very simple, but it's not that easy, is it?
1: It's not that easy, but at the same time they're all um, accessible to us. So, you know, you don't have to have a doctorate in catechesis to be able to access them and to be able to do that. Sometimes uh, these are I'm going to share a lot of things that I've learned from a lot of teachers, a lot of catechists. Um, I was uh, privileged to uh, to be the pastoral year end uh, and field ed director for the seminary. Mm-hmm. So I, I sent a lot of students uh, to uh, to teaching and, and all kinds of ministries. Uh, teaching uh, uh, catechetical ministry is one of them. So I'm I'm uh, sharing everything that. Uh, others have learned uh, uh, and and myself as well. Uh, but you know the, the the general theme of this uh, of these ministry days, by the way, is still in line with the National nationalistic revival. So mm-hmm. the general theme for this these two days is real presence, real life with open hands. And so uh, the the catechetical uh, or this topic, I'm going to also uh, frame this from the point of view of, the Eucharist. How do we uh, uh, how do we pass on the faith? Really looking at uh, uh, the context of the Eucharist.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, <laughs> real present, r- real life, with open hands. Uh, when you when you really think about it, those are all powerful phrases and, and powerful words. Uh, I I firmly believe that if somebody believes in the real presence of christ in the eucharist um that is such a huge step such a huge belief such a huge gift uh really of grace that um they uh, are they're on their way because how can you turn away from that when you believe that that's the body and blood of christ
1: in fact, um, there is uh, there is another uh, topic that I'm also presenting. So I'm presenting two topics. This one, the one on, on uh, catechesis and our privi- catechist privilege, I'm presenting that both in English and Spanish.
0: Oh, very good. I'm
1: presenting another topic, but oh, this one is only in Spanish. I'm presenting a uh, 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 um, topic on Eucharist from an intercultural perspective. Mm-hmm. So looking at how we... Uh, how the altar of God takes shape in different cultures and how this Eucharist is is really seen from something so common. We all eat. We all eat. Mm. But the table manners in different homes, in different cultures, have different shapes. And so to to really look at those as, uh, as kind of... Uh, making our understanding of the person who is offering himself to us uh, in, in the Euclid from the perspective of different cultures. So that's, I'm having fun uh, researching that. one too.
0: <laughs> wow. I bet, bet that's just tremendously interesting as you research.
1: Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm getting more than what I need, but it, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs>
0: wow. Can you share a story or two?
1: Well, um, I'm just looking at, for example, um, when, uh, when uh, I was able to, to uh, assist uh, during the beatification of Mother Teresa. Oh, yeah. And um, during that time, after the Lord's Prayer, there was an addition there that apparently they always do in India. They, do, they, they offer these flowers, marigolds. By by the altar, and uh, and that's part of the liturgy that they have. Wow. Yeah, and so uh, for us who grew up in the Roman rite, right, that becomes uh, for us we thought, okay, that's an interruption, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But in fact, uh, they have um, that's actually part of the liturgy, and, and wow. the significance of that is uh, is really seen from the. Um, the culture of the Catholics in India. So,
0: that's am- that's amazing.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, the other thing, is just another story. Uh, when we have uh, uh, we have, uh, uh, I had the privilege of of uh, going to Nigeria, celebrating Mass there,
2: uh-huh.
1: and um, the priest there told me, "Father, make your homily longer." Oh so wow! I I decided. <laughs> all right, long for me at least from American Standard, it's about 20, 25 minutes. Right. Right? So I prepared a 25-minute 20, homily. After I finished, uh, the pastor said, that's it? <laughs> and I said, what do you mean by this? And then she goes, oh, he goes, don't worry. And he stood up and continued preaching. Wow. Building on, on what I said already. And he would just put on more examples and more stories, and but still using the same uh, same uh, main points that I had in the homily, and then afterwards, I, you know, I was not offended by it, but I was, I was very perplexed. Like, what, what just happened? Yeah. Um, and then he told me that he said, you know, in, in, in a lot of people who come to mass, um, sometimes they walk two, three hours, mm. and they start uh, before the sun goes up, so that they don't walk uh, under the, the heat of the sun. So to be treated a a short homily would almost be a kind a disres- a of disrespect.
0: It's like going um, to a movie and, and it's twenty minutes long.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, I got I got cheated. I I want a longer <laughs> homily.
1: Exactly. Wow. So, and, 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 the, and the mass takes <laughs> on for about like two two and a half hours because there's a lot of dancing and singing. So those kinds of uh, those kinds of little. Um, uh, anecdotes gives us a, a, an understanding that uh, this is not just about um, this, you know, for us, this 50-minute or one 60-minute time that we have. The Eucharist really reaches out to all the other aspects in our lives that sometimes we may not be aware of. And then, so we have to bring all of that into equation whenever we look at uh, and celebrate the Eucharist.
0: <laughs> Boy, that that's that's really something. It what, is what, something. So what do you think would happen <laughs> at Holy Spirit? You give a maybe a two-hour homily? <laughs>
1: well, the parking lot will be a chaos. <laughs> yes, the parking lot will be quite uh, a, a situation. You know, because, you know, for one bath alone, we already have a very packed, Lot. We, no, that's we, our, our neighbors have been very gracious in letting us park on the street but, yeah. Um, yeah yeah no but it really is it, it, it is something but oh. you, you know the, the, the key for me is making sure that we look at the Eucharist primarily as a uh, as a sacrifice and a meal mm-hmm. To be able to look at that relationship with God but at the same time it is an opportunity to uh, for us to share with one another and be mindful of one another. Uh, I mean, this is not a drive-through mass, you
0: know. <laughs> right, right.
1: <laughs> you know, give me, give me Jesus, and I'm nourished, and that's it. You know, uh, that that I don't look at the community. So the community aspect is always going to be a part of, of the Eucharist, and um, and that you know maybe that fifteen minutes or sixty minutes time is a sign of respect and. For us to be respectful of, of, of that the tradition of people from Holy Spirit, that's a form of respect, mm-hmm. and making sure we don't go over that and abuse our time. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so that's a form of respect. Uh, in the same way that longer comedy is also a form of
0: respect in other parts of the world. Yes, that's, that's just that's a fascinating story. I would <laughs> I would love to witness one of those masses in Nigeria.
1: Yes, Liberia. That was in Liberia. And it, it really is. And also, um, uh, we have an Igbo in- in- community in, in the diocese. They celebrate, I don't know where which church they celebrate Mass now, but when I was a pastor at St. Anthony, they used to celebrate Mass there. Mm-hmm. And yes, they take on uh, a big chunk of time to celebrate the Mass, and it is wonderful.
0: Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, there are so many ways, especially with with youth. To and again, back to uh, you know the examples uh, that the parents set. Uh, you know the spoken word for sure, and lessons for sure, and stories for sure, examples maybe from your own youth as a parent. Um, but if 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 the kids don't think that mom and dad are really buying it, that they're just mouthing the words, um, it'll wear off. You know they they have to think that. Yeah, uh, well, there's a 49er game on. I'm not going to mass on Sunday. Well, I, I guess Dad doesn't really think this stuff's very serious.
1: Right. Sometimes it's, it's really, for example, when I when I go out and you know, when with my family when we go to to other places and go for vacation, that's the first thing that we always look for. Mm-hmm. What uh, What's the schedule on Sunday? Right. Uh, we have a parishioner here. Um, uh, she when her children were younger uh, they would go to they were active in sports and they would go to uh, soccer games uh, everywhere and uh, sometimes they would go to the church in cleats and soccer uniform oh wow before the game and they would sneak in out of their schedule to make sure uh they they're able to 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 take on that uh time carve out that time to go to to go to the liturgy and, and um, other parents heard about it, that they are doing that, and so they, uh, these other parents joined them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was a time when they were in, out of town, and the, the pastor recognized them, and they prayed for them. And, wow. <laughs> and they eventually won that game. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, for the children now who are adults, they uh, follow that. They, sure. they, that sure. made a mark for them that even though they are doing other things they always make sure that this is part of the whole consideration no. uh, that their faith is always going to be part of, of their schedule even if it's just me if it means just sneaking out of their uh, hotel room to go to bath no,
0: I- uh, I know when when I was a kid when we'd go on a vacation with our family five kids packed in a you know station wagon with wood panels and uh, uh, my dad and this is long before the internet my dad it didn't matter how small or how big the town he knew where that catholic it was like a sixth sense for him he knew where the catholic church was going to be and oh he's,
1: and, and his smell we, was great because yeah. well the incense a mile away
0: yes he could and yeah, <laughs> I, I remember uh, a a few years ago with with my wife and our kids, uh, we were up in a small town in the state of Washington in a fruit growing area. And there was just one church, one mass, and it was in Spanish. They didn't have an English mass. And, uh-huh. we, and we went and we were uh, we were celebrated guests. You know, we were uh, I mean, everybody knew we weren't from there because it was a small, small town and a small parish and they just rolled out the red carpet it was just so moving uh, that they they were such a strong community you know and you have to you have to come over to the hall afterwards you know we've got food we've got and and meet everybody and uh, it was it was just a wonderful wonderful experience I, I remember the kids got back in the car and said where are we going to mass tomorrow you know it's like <laughs>
1: Oh, that's wonderful. And, you know, it, 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 the, your that episode that you had, uh, or that, that you just shared, it demonstrates the fact that we're coming from so many different uh, points of view and experience. Right. They were celebrating it in a different language. Right. Um, but at the same time, we have a commonality. Yep. And, and that is this offer of God. Uh, this offering of love that is that brings everybody to the table, yep um, and so no matter how different our cultures are, uh, we are given access to the same sacrifice, yeah, and, and, and you know the,
0: the beauty too of the universal church is that, of course, when I was a kid, it, it didn't matter where you went, it was all in Latin, but the uh the beauty was is our kids were old enough that they understood the Mass. It didn't really matter to them that it was in Spanish or English. You know, it didn't really matter to them because they really knew what the Mass was about.
1: Yes. The, the, I mean, that was that's one of the gifts that the Second Vatican Council really gave us yep. Yep. Uh, by, uh, you know, allowing us to celebrate in the vernacular. Yeah,
0: I absolutely um, agree.
1: Yeah, so that even if, if the Mass is celebrated in a different language, I can see the equivalent uh, in, uh, in English right. or in my mother tongue, right. uh, and I can actually respond. Even though I may not respond you know, in a loud voice, I respond in, with my mind and my heart, mm-hmm. uh, the, the proper response, right. even though I do it in English or in another sure. language. Sure. Uh, yeah. So that's a, be- that's, a, that's a tremendous gift. That you know, uh, the church gave us with with uh, allowing us to celebrate in the vernacular.
0: And yeah, I just, I just, I I have uh, have lived through both, and uh, you know, and and uh, you know, I feel very, very good about you know the people who who want to go to a Latin mass. Uh, more power to them, you know, and.
1: Uh, no, but you know the the beauty that I saw and, and here what I'm doing now uh, every every week, uh, in our bulletin. And, and I would recommend uh, having the same thing in, in, different, uh, in different form, or, or maybe even in parish. But every week, I discuss a little section of the mass. And right now, I am, we started this uh, uh, maybe five months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, in February, we started it in February. And I'm only in the first reading. Wow. I'm, I'm only looking at the first reading. Uh, we are now on week 33, and my topic right now on week 33 is um, the first reading. Hmm. Uh, we, uh, I, I discussed uh, week 30, 32 why do we sit for the first reading and why do we stand for the gospel?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I discussed on topic 31. Uh, who selects the readings. So these little details, and really examining every detail of our, uh, of our um, liturgy, uh, when we, so that when people come to Mass, that's already at the back of their mind, and the way they celebrate the Eucharist becomes a lot richer. Mm-hmm. Because they have they, this full consciousness of what's going on and what they're doing.
0: Yeah, I've I've found as uh, and not not in a formal lesson sort of way, but but on Saturday evening before going to Sunday morning mass, uh, going over the readings, you know, and like I say, not like uh, some formal school setting. It could even be around a dinner table. It could be, you know, sitting in the living room and, and just chatting or out in the backyard or on the front porch or wherever you live, you know. And just because I found, especially when the kids were littler, but but as they got older too, that when they heard the gospel or when they heard the first reading, they they just would perk up. Oh, I know this story. I know about this. You know, and they they really it really had their attention because we had discussed it the night before in a real open kind of forum. What, what what's this Martha and Mary? What what's that about? You know, and and what's martha thinking what's mary thinking you know and or the prodigal son or any of the stories you know it's just the 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 wedding feast at cana on and on and on all those things they're all very relatable to anybody of any age
1: that is amazing <laughs> are you guys still doing that that's really amazing i mean that is beautiful because you know um when you hear Hear the same passage, especially a day after. Yep. Uh, when you hear the same passage again, um, other parts of that passage will catch you. Oh and, yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah,
1: it, it's, it's incredible.
0: Something you didn't hear the first time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I've been a priest now for twenty-three years, and I still now up to now I have not repeated the homily.
0: Wow! Wow! I have
1: not. I, I kid you not. I That's have amazing. Not. Uh, uh, I keep that. I keep all my homilies because i on, a, on an archive because I want, eventually I want to be able to to gather them and hopefully help other uh, others to reflect mm-hmm. on the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every every week, every time I prepare a homily, it's a new homily. Maybe there are some things that are repeated, but. The the tone or the 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 nuances mm-hmm. are are always there. It's, yeah. it's incredible.
0: So <laughs> that's wonderful. Well, Father, it's it's always such a joy to talk with you, and uh, we look forward to seeing you at Ministry Days on the twenty second and third of and twenty third of uh, September at uh, Saint Francis Catholic High School and. Uh, uh, go to ministrydays.com to learn learn all about it and sign up for these workshops. Father, blessings to everybody there, you and and everybody there at Holy Spirit.
1: Thank you, Bob, and thank you for inviting
0: me. Thanks so much, Father. Take care. Thank you. That's uh, uh, Father Vaughn Rojas, uh, who's the pastor at Holy Spirit Parish here in the, the Land Park area of uh, Sacramento, a beautiful parish in a. Beautiful, boy, there are a lot of trees in that area, just a be- beautiful area of Sacramento. Uh, we'll take a quick break, back with more on a Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at the thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916- 725- 4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights, and we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. Welcome back, everyone. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. Uh, We launch our 24th year on the air here, and thanks to everybody who has helped us along the way, including all of our wonderful guests, all our underwriters, and of course you, the listeners, and uh, Bishop Soto for his wonderful support, and Bishop Wiegand, uh, who founded the Bishop's Hour way, way, way back in 1999. Well, we're talking about uh, ministry Days uh, coming up on September 22nd and 23rd at St. Francis Catholic High School. You can go to ministrydays.com to sign up for these workshops and to read all about the uh, keynote speakers or give them a call at 916 Again, Ministry Days. Dot com. And one of the uh, speakers that is going to be there uh, speaking on theology of hospitality is Cl- Clarissa Chichioko And uh, Clarissa joins us by phone now. Good day to you.
2: Hi, Bob. How are you today? You're
0: doing very good. How, how badly did I uh, mess up your last name?
2: You did perfect.
0: Really? Yes. Well, I'm, I'm pleased. I got an A. You got an a plus. oh good oh that's even better <laughs> I took Italian in college is is that Italian?'
2: It's, we're Filipino
0: actually Oh okay I thought I thought it might be Wow that's wonderful that's a that's a beautiful name Oh thank you so much yeah it does does it have meaning beyond just you know a lot of our names don't mean anything I don't think Smith means anything <laughs> but is it does it have meaning?
2: You know, I'll have to look into that. Uh, the only meaning I know is that it probably was changed, you know, from my husband's um, side when the, you know, the um, his father and grandparents had immigrated to the United States. Uh-huh. So I'll have to look into that. You're you're making me curious now.
0: Okay. Well, you know, it's real. It's really interesting because you hear that a lot with immigrants from just all over everywhere who came here didn't speak english and 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 that maybe the name got changed a little bit or or it got lost in the translation i know um on my mother's side her parents came from germany and their their last name was Impsch em at least their their name in english uh-huh. uh now is Emsch, e m c h just Impsch. And we kind of joke in the family that that they got off the boat, and somebody said, "What's your name?" And they kind of didn't understand the question and kind of grunted. And somebody wrote down "Himsh." <laughs>
2: you know? yeah. Oh my goodness! I would love to hear a compilation of stories because yeah, I'm sure that, there's a lot of commonalities there. <laughs> yeah,
0: wouldn't that be wouldn't that be fascinating? So tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Sure, I am a wife, a mom of two, and one on the way. Coming oh, wow. in December. And I'm a former parish youth minister. I did that for about 10 years in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And presently, the co-voice and co-author of the Theology of the Body Minutes that play on Catholic radio mm-hmm. in various regions of the U.S.
0: Oh, very good. And where where do where you reside?
2: Right now I'm in Rancho Cordova. We just moved here in 2021. Oh,
0: very good. Very good. So you're at St. John Vianney, or where are you?
2: Yes, we're St. John Vianney with Father Gio. He's amazing, and mm-hmm. the community is, is so welcoming.
0: Very good, very good. Well, we're talking today apparently about a different theology—the theology of hospitality.
2: Yes, the theology of hospitality, which I'm learning more and more about, especially having a home now, owning our own own home.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, it it, it is interesting. I, uh, my my wife and I, we had four kids in three years and we would go to Mass with a 3-year-old, a 2-year-old, a 1-year-old, and a newborn, and being That's welcomed was, was really important. You know, <laughs> um, yes. you, you know that little baggie full of Cheerios only goes so far.
2: Oh, yes. I, me having two children, two little ones, you know, it's interesting because we're going into God's house, Yes, but there are, we're part of the the body of Christ, we are the hands and the feet. So to show the hospitality and the warmth of God himself, that's a big job, but uh, something that parishioners and and lay people and volunteers can try to strive for uh, in welcoming other people. So uh, I try to do that in youth ministry, and I'll be giving some practical tips for any ministers who would like to come to uh, this workshop
0: primarily youth ministers right
2: primarily youth ministers yes and you know that we know youth love food and friendly faces That's right. <laughs> and although yes it's partly about those things it's also about you know just how you receive them into into your own life and into that present moment as well
0: and the the little. Uh, explanation in the in the ministry days guidebook says that hospitality is less about the space and more about the gift of self explain that a little bit
2: yes when i began youth ministry and i had a tiny room in the parish site and you know i would spend hours just decorating it putting posters tablecloth tablecloths, mm-hmm. balloons, and over time, I realize, yes, those things are fun and those are important, but if I'm not saying hello to parents and to teenagers when they're walking into the door, or if I'm not remembering their names, mm-hmm. or if I'm not telling them about my own life, that hospitality is, you know, it's felt for that moment, and it's temporary. So what do they go home with? Like, maybe... You know, it was, it was fun, but I want them to go. I wanted them to go home with, wow! I really felt like I was at home, like wow. I was part of this ministry
0: family. Wow! You know that, that I read. And I can't remember who was credited with this quote, and I'm sure many people have said it many ways. But it, somebody sent it to me the other day, and it was along the lines of, of you know, an interaction you might have with somebody that. 10 years down the road or five years down the road, whatever it is, or maybe even that evening, you won't remember specifically what they said, but you will remember how it made you feel.
2: Yes. Yes, exactly. And especially for me because I don't have a great memory, so I don't remember (laughs) a lot of names or a lot of what people think Mm -hmm. to me, but if I think of people I've met in the past, I can remember how I felt in that moment or how I felt in that conversation. And that's a huge part of, of relationship building. And so, yeah, you're definitely spot on
0: there. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, my problem is, is you know, my, my my parents taught me, and it's just part of my personality, is, is, is you know, when you're, you're first meeting people and there, maybe there's three or four people and there's three or four people in your group and you're kind of shaking hands or nodding or whatever you do, and you're so... You're so into trying to make eye contact and say hi and how are you and that sometimes I don't even hear their name. And then I'm like five minutes later, I'm going, oh, my gosh, what what was that person's name? I can't go ask them again. (laughs) (laughs) So then you start calling people howdy and how you doing and (laughs) what's up?
2: Right, right. You know that gives me another idea, another bullet point for my talk. Then maybe we need to have someone assigned as the name um, memorizer.
0: (laughs) Oh, you know that's that's. I'm sure you you know you see politicians and and politicians are very good at using people's names because they know it, it. It's really impressive when somebody calls you by your name. And they've got AIDS, you know, and they've got little earpieces and they've got AIDS say, so that's Bill, that's Bill, that's Bill and Sally, you know. <laughs>
2: exactly, yes. It's kind of like putting another coin in that little piggy bank. Yep. And it's, it really makes someone feel so welcome if you remember their name. And I, another step beyond that is if you're remembering something that's important to them too. So right. with our teenagers... We would have a few teens who were really into anime. And so when I would, you know, talk to them about confirmation and just get to know them, like the first time I met them, I would remember their favorite anime. Mm. And I would bring that up every time we would speak or every time that, you know, I didn't know what to talk about. I could just bring something up that they loved and they would just light up and they could talk about it for so long. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, that is, that is so important, you know, because everybody's an individual and everybody has different likes and fears and hobbies and everything else, you know, and, and remembering that about a specific person is, is, it's so warm and helpful.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I have just a short story about that, that specific team where I remembered the details of his life, his family life, uh, ten years later, when he was already a young adult, he we were still connected on social media, you know, he's a young adult already and he had randomly called myself and my husband because he needed he needed some guidance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not because it was I remembered <laughs> the anime, but perhaps in that moment he felt, Wow, I feel seen and I feel, mm-hmm. I feel known by these people. So Thank God for
0: that. That's a great no. That's a great story, and, it, and it's true. People will people will remember this. This person is helpful. This person cares. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what you, you hear that all the time in a, in, a, in a variety of issues. Um, I just I just needed somebody who cared. It mm-hmm. it, it wasn't even that you, maybe you gave them the perfect solution to whatever was the was bothering them or whatever their problem was. But the fact that they realized you cared about it and were willing to talk to them about it made half the problem go away.
2: Yes, exactly, Bob. You're giving me a lot of bullet points. I'm going
0: to add to my talk. <laughs> but do if, and, do you want me to be that, your to be your aide uh, <laughs> at ministry days? Can you
2: come? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you know what the the more beautiful thing about it is, we all do those in different ways in our own unique personalities because i'm a phlegmatic so i'm i'm pretty social i'm like a peacekeeper i like to keep the harmony (laughs) Uh and um but someone else might be more quiet you know another youth minister might be more introverted or more observant so you know we'll be talking about as well in, in the personality and temperament that god gave us how can we Uh, bring out that hospitable
0: part of us that god you know called us to in ministry well it's 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 such a wonderful opportunity at ministry days i know a a couple of times i i gave a i never gave a keynote but just a you know a a workshop and it was it was like an open forum it was it was on on the domestic church and what do you do in your family to help you know spread the faith and promote the faith and strengthen the faith. And people, I remember this one woman came all the way from St. Joseph's in Wairika, you know, and she was just had the greatest ideas that we were able to take home and, you know, and implement. And and, and ministry days is really good for that. There's a lot of give and take, a lot of back and forth. Yes, exactly. I I
2: spoke at ministry days last year and it was my first time, you know, living here in the area now. And even though I was giving the workshop, I received so much from those who were attending the yeah. workshop. Yep. Yeah. And I thought, wow, Lord, thank you. You're just, you know, making um, this content come alive for myself um, as well. So this is, yeah, this is giving and, and receiving type of
0: event. Yes, it, it's it's wonderful. Again, ministry days. Dot com is, the, uh, is is how to learn all about it and the workshops that you can sign up for and who's doing the keynotes, etc S- September 22nd, September 23rd at St Francis Catholic High School uh, on Elvis Avenue right here in uh, Sacramento. Clarissa, it's such a joy to meet you. Um, um, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to be with us and uh, we'll say special prayers for uh, a, a successful uh, workshop at ministry days.
2: Thank you so much.
0: God bless you. God bless you, too. Thanks so so much. That's uh, Clarissa uh, Chichioko, who is going to be one of the presenters on the theology of hospitality at uh, Ministry Days. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, They continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Four six zero zero, And we uh, are, are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, longstanding support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town. is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. Hi, this is Katie Parada, Executive Director of Catholic Schools for the Diocese of Sacramento, and you are listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning.